It's time we honor the biggest lie ever told, that if we made money as a business owner or hit a certain dollar amount, our problems would suddenly go away, right? My name is Cheryl Dorsey. I'm a data journalist, a tech founder, and a longtime entrepreneur, an author, a speaker, and have done what feels like all the things. Yet I still wonder on a daily basis, am I doing this right? As entrepreneurs, we provide more time than we have, risk more money than most, and sell or are sold to more than we would like to admit. It's my mission through this show to give you a space to honor the powerful builder and CEO in you, even when sometimes it feels like no one should have left you in charge. Incredible work doesn't come without painful lessons. Welcome to I think I'm doing this right. My guest today is Amber Cabral, founder of Cabral Co., a diversity, equity, and inclusion-focused strategy consulting firm. Amber also is a very, very well-accomplished friend (laughs) who is also the author of the book, Allies and Advocates, and has a forthcoming book called Say more about that. Hey, hey, let's say more about that. (laughs) Amber is also the author of Allies and Advocates, a book about inclusion and diversity in everyday life. She's an incredible speaker on topics like culture as well as social justice. She serves on the executive board for various nonprofit organizations and hosts a podcast called You Can Have Whatever You Want. I'm beyond excited to welcome Amber Cabral to the show. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. How about yourself? I'm good. It feels so good to see you. You too. You look so pretty. So do you. <laughs> Thank you. I mean, I, I, I honestly like when I say that the person I want to be is like you. Mm. Like I'm not gassing you Listen, at all. If it were gas, I will take it. <laughs> so thank you. I appreciate that. But I, why? Why do you say that? So I feel like I have watched your journey because we connected virtually mm-hmm. ever before we ever met in person. Yes. And there was already sort of this sense of like, oh yeah, she's she's my people, mm-hmm. right? Like she is out here, like not just educating people in this space of, you know, diversity and standing up and saying the things that need to be said, mm-hmm. but also I think walking in a way as a as a as a woman, as a, a woman running a company, as a woman mm-hmm. being so authentic, I feel like you embody this sense of being a a CEO who fully owns your femininity who fully owns like this is what I am gonna do this is what I'm not gonna do yeah (laughs) and um we are author mates or book mates or publishing publishing mates yeah right and I think that that kind of like for me was like oh I get to get closer to her (laughs) (laughs) I'm so glad we did yeah absolutely and I remember when I first moved to Atlanta Mm -hmm. you invited me to your place yeah and I remember walking in and just like this environment is so tranquil Mm -hmm. and beautiful and glamorous but like in a way that felt so giving Mm -hmm. and you said something to me that almost shook me to my core about how important our environment and how we design our environment plays a role in our well-being especially as we're building something yes and I want you to talk about some of your philosophies around creating spaces creating a safe space yep the thing about safe space is that we don't realize that it is not 
it's not just us. It is the experience of the actual space. Right. And so to speak specifically about my home, one of the things that I was thinking about when I moved into the place I'm in now was I'm going to decorate this for me. Mm -hmm. I have lived in circumstances where I was, you know, trying to accommodate, you know, other family members or I was raising young people, you know, or I was in a relationship. And so I had this big old TV on my wall and I don't watch sports, you know, right, or I had a right. PlayStation and I don't play video games. And this was the first time with the work that I do thinking about my space as being equitable for me mm. and also wanting to have a space that was warm and inviting for others because the thing about safe space is the thing you have to ask yourself is what makes it safe right we have a lot of conversations in the workplace where people say you know this is a safe space and then the question is like but for who my home was a safe space for other people to come by and mm -hmm. watch tv or play video games or any of those things but it wasn't necessarily a safe space for me mm. and so this home i was very deliberate about decorating in a way that felt warm and inviting so when i come back from weeks on the road or right. teaching or engaging with folks i have the opportunity to come into a space that feels like oh, this is it. Yeah. I can lounge on the couch. I can enjoy beauty. I can have the sounds I want. And so I was really deliberate about curating that. And what I've discovered is that people enjoy coming over because yeah. they can sense it. Like they're like, oh, this is nice. Like it feels good here. Yes. Um, and I think that's, you know, we just don't always realize how much stuff inclusion and equity touches and your home is a part of that. I love that explanation um, as always. Just as a communicator, you are so phenomenal in articulating that. Mm. And I think that as someone who is in the limelight a lot, who is leading multinational corporations as well in some of this work around diversity, equity, inclusion, allyship, one would assume that all of these areas in your life mm. are somewhat like figured out, yeah, right? But. <laughs> You know, with the whole premise of like, I think I might be doing this right, or like right. I'm, I'm not a hundred percent sure. Mm -hmm. However, I'm gonna just kind of keep going, and maybe something good will come out of this. Yeah. Like, at what point did you feel like, all right, I'm not necessarily being honest with myself because I'm accommodating everyone else. Yeah. Right. And and we do that so much, like as you mentioned in the workplace, right? Yes. We are accommodating everyone else around us mm -hmm. and ignoring our needs. But when did you get to that place where you were ready to say, I'm gonna make this space? something that gives back to me? Yeah, that's a good question. I think um, the pandemic did that to me mm. because you were at home a lot. Right. And suddenly a job that I did that required me to travel constantly, you know, I had gotten really refined about hotel rooms and like <laughs> what hotels I was comfortable in and you know, that kind of thing. But right. I hadn't given that, given that same level of thought to my own space. And so I think the pandemic was the point where I realized that I have to be equitable to me in my personal space as well. Yeah. Um, because of the work that I do, I'm always thinking about, okay, what would make this space safe for everyone who will be here, mm -hmm. right? And so I'm thinking about, you know, are there folks that are gonna be of different identity that we haven't considered? But this is my home. Mm -hmm. And I haven't thought about myself, you know, and so I would often decorate around the idea of having get togethers or, you know, whatever partner I was with or whatever. And right. I wasn't actually thinking about what I liked. And so I was deliberate this time and was like, you know, I love baths. I need a really nice tub. I want right. a tub environment. I want my bathroom to feel like a spa. And so I worked toward that. Um, but I had no idea what I was doing. I, I literally... I'm not a decorator. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I have no, I mean, I know what I like, but like I didn't 
necessarily like things that went together, right? you know? And so like, I have this postmodern thing I really like, but then I have this thing that's like mid-century. And then I have this other thing that's like, right. you know, vintage. I'm like that as well. Like, it's yes. like eco, glam, yes. mid-century, shabby, chic, country. Right, right. farmhouse touch. Because it's almost like also dependent upon your mood exactly. as well, right? Exactly, <laughs> And you and I both being Aries women, you know, that changes all the time, right? I so you're that. like, I need a different vibe all the time. <laughs> right. And so, um, but I did though, as I started to figure out, I added the question instead of just what do I like, I mm -hmm. added, what do I like and want in my house? Mm -hmm. And that changed a little bit because there were things I would walk up on that I go, oh my gosh, I love that, but I didn't want it in my house. Right. And so as I was decorating this time, I was very thoughtful about that. I did not, in the ways that I could, I did not spare any expense. Like if it was like, no, I want this specific thing, this mm -hmm. couch, you know, I was very deliberate about that. Um, and, and I had never done that before. I'd never given myself the permission. I was going to ask you, actually, that was the that was the word that was coming up in my mind is when did you give yourself permission to say yes to yourself? Yeah, I um, I wish I could tell you there was a moment um, probably close to the end of 2020. Uh, things got really real, like for me working in the diversity, equity and inclusion space, just like anyone else you probably talked to that does this, George Floyd was a huge turning point. And yeah. so, yeah. you know, in addition to like just the emotional bandwidth that, that required, there was all of a sudden just this influx of work requests mm -hmm. and how to meet that and serve people. And so I suddenly was depleted and mm -hmm. I don't get depleted. Like, it's just not like, that's not who I am. Like I right. am always, I can always find that extra reservoir somewhere. But I was depleted. Yeah. And I think that was the point where I was like, but what do I need though? Like, what mm. is the thing I need to give myself? Because it wasn't, I had support, I had people, I had friends, I traveled, I could afford to live mostly how I wanted, you know? And, right. but all of a sudden, like I had nothing because I was giving so much to make work work, but I wasn't giving anything to make Amber mm -hmm. work. And so that's the point where, I don't even know if I would say I recognize that as me saying yes to myself. I think I got to the point where I was like, oh, there is a bottom <laughs> and like, right. I don't want to be there. And so if I'm going to avoid that, I have to think really critically about my own needs. And it was the first time I'd ever done that. Mm. And so it's, you know, I hate that the answer to that is like, yeah, when I hit the bottom, you know, but when I hit the bottom, I, I saw the light. <laughs> yeah, but it, it really was that it yeah. really was that. And so um, I think the pandemic taught a lot of lessons to all of us. I don't know that we, I think we will still continue to learn them mm -hmm. as the years go on. But for me, what I really got was the value of like listening to myself, figuring out what I needed, mm -hmm. understanding how to support me, understanding how to create space for me. And I learned that through trial and error, right. you know, and expense and, you know, whatever else. And, and recognizing, you know, and I tell people this all the time, but I did not apply it to myself. Inclusion mm -hmm. touches everything, mm -hmm. every single thing. It is either inclusive or it's not. It can either be more inclusive or less. And so I hadn't applied that to myself in my space. And so this was an opportunity for me to like take the lessons that I teach mm -hmm. and like deliberately apply them in my own world and fumble and figure it out. Hey folks, thanks for tuning into the podcast. I hope you're getting all the gems and all the tools from the lessons here. I just wanted to make sure I took the time to tell you about my new book, Upper Hand, The Future of Work for the Rest of Us. You can get it wherever books are sold. 
In it, I dive into the roadmaps of helping you, your loved ones, students, mentees, communities really understand and define strategies for understanding the language of innovation, entrepreneurship, and what's ahead. It's built with pages of exercises, lists of free or low-cost education tools and certifications, and a full 10-page list of what jobs will define the future, the salaries of those jobs, and prerequisites. If you've ever felt overwhelmed about what you need to get started in the tech industry or simply need a bit of guidance on how to create opportunities for yourself, pick up Upper Hand today. Entrepreneurship was not necessarily your intended roadmap, Mm -mm. right? Can you talk about what led you to say, I'm going to go ahead and take a step out? Like, what was that journey? What was that pathway? Yeah, entrepreneurship was not my intended roadmap at all. I was pro have a job, Mm -hmm. (laughs) like going to the place and doing the thing and leaving it there and going home. (laughs) And so I was a fan of that. Um, But I always had the feedback from even leaders, like you kind of need to run your own thing, you know? Mm -hmm. So I did even at work kind of have an entrepreneurial experience. I led a lot of projects. I developed a lot of programs. Mm -hmm. I created a lot of strategies. Mm -hmm. Like that was my strength. Like- And you were at major corporations. Yeah, absolutely. Everywhere I've worked has been a Fortune 500 organization. Mm -hmm. So I've I've been at big companies. Last company I was with was Walmart. And so, which is like the biggest company in the history of the world, right? So like, you know, that's huge, lots of people to support. And I'm good at building for that and Mm -hmm. like creating things that people can use in that way. Um, But I still hadn't necessarily thought about, I knew I wanted to write, but I had not necessarily thought about myself as an entrepreneur. I didn't think I would run a business. Mm -hmm. When I left Walmart, I started looking for other jobs. Like I thought I was just gonna go to another company. And then people started calling me for work hey, you're not working. Can you come help me with this project? Mm -hmm. And I'm fortunate enough that many years before I had started Cabral Co., I didn't necessarily know what it was for. I had a really good friend who pushed me to do it and I did it anyway Mm -hmm. and just kept the business open. It has been many things over the years, always some version of consulting, always some version of inclusion, Mm -hmm. but like it's been many things. And then we get to this place where suddenly people are calling me for work and I have a company and I'm like, oh, okay, kismet, (laughs) you know, this is how this goes. And even then I thought, I'm going to be a solo person. Like I'm gonna be an independent consultant. This Mm -hmm. is not a company. And no, it's a company. Like we have, you know, payroll and benefits and, you know, like things that companies have. And that's not a thing I thought I was doing. And I mean, I, I still every day I'm like, yo, I run a company. Right. Because it just doesn't feel real, but you know, you, if you, I think if you follow, if you follow the energy of a thing, if you, if you just kind of pay attention to what's pulling you, what was pulling me was I could do more of this and I could do it better, but I need help with. Mm-hmm. And suddenly that needing help with wasn't just to support me, it was to support the mission. And right. that mission has other people who believe in it. Mm-hmm. And so now we have a company, but that wasn't my plan. But that was not the intention. No, a not at all. completely different pathway. Totally different. And I love that. I don't think I knew that part of your story yeah. in terms of how you got to be the business owner, founder, mm-hmm. author. Yeah. Two times author. Yeah. Potentially three, four, five as we continue, oh, right? Because I do three, four, five. I mean, but you have so much, so many good things to say, right? Like the world needs to hear, right? So, so even as I think about that journey, that that leadership journey, and that space of safe of safe spaces. The difference between 
being in an environment that is not shaped by you, that is not dictated by you, into crafting one mm-hmm. where you are providing experiences and actual space for others. Yeah. How do you how do you like sift through the dichotomy of both running a company that like still has to have structure and what have you, but mm-hmm. then also being such a tremendous advocate for the idea of safe space. Yeah. How do you think about those things? Because they're both I mean, for that to work, you have to have both. I I am not going to have a company where I can't bring me. Mm -hmm. And so um, it's one of the things I teach a lot in organizations. Like you do not have a work person and a home person that you can separate. It doesn't happen. We like to think you can, but you don't have that. And so let's be honest about what we have. Um, And what we really have is one person who does a few different roles. Now there are aspects of my personal role that are not gonna show up in my workspace and vice versa. But Mm -hmm. if we're honest about it, then when those things do bleed into each other, we can support each other better. We can communicate about how to solve for um, things that can arise in the workplace, things that are happening in the news that are impacting people in the workplace, Mm-hmm. ideas that we have a hard time discussing suddenly become imperatives to discuss. Right. And so I I built a company around the idea that I wanted authenticity to be at the core. Okay. I want you to bring you and I want to be able to bring me. And we've got to figure out even when it's uncomfortable, even when it's tough feedback, mm-hmm. how to actually lean into those spaces and get to the point where we get the, all the good stuff about your personal and the stuff that's great about your work. We get a good mix of that in both spaces. And you know, people are often like, oh, I'm not bringing my whole self anywhere. Well, you're bringing your whole self. Mm-hmm. You pick and choose what you're gonna share. And I think everyone should have the opportunity to do that. So you don't have to, you know, there are things that I reserve for certain spaces, of course, you know, of course. and you should still be able to do that. But I am never, ever, you would not be surprised. If you mm-hmm. see me in a different space, you would not be surprised. You may be like, oh, there's more, yeah. <laughs> right? But yeah. you won't be surprised. And I And I like to live a life where I get the opportunity to really demonstrate the depth of the value of being equitable and inclusive and providing access and helping people to see how much of that allows you to bring your whole self Mm -hmm. so long as you're making space for others to do the same thing. And you pick and choose what parts of that whole self you share. Right. And so for me, it doesn't feel separate. It's never really felt separate. And in the ways that I think I had that, you know, working for big corporations and having to dress in ways that weren't necessarily a part of my identity and all of that, I knew that I had to get out of it um, and and did. You know, I earned mm-hmm. my way. You know, people who knew me at Walmart, I, I used to blue, black, brown, gray suits. Yeah, we were talking about like bringing in color. Yeah, and right? literally two years in, I was like animal print, pink nails, you know, I've got this funky haircut, you know, and it was, it, I, kind of just slowly as people kind of got to know this is the value I bring to work, here is what that looks like. And it is still professional and effective. I can still bring all of this. And so, Mm. you know, there's a process to it. Unfortunately, we can't necessarily pop in and pull all that out immediately, but I wanted to have a a company that did that since apparently I'm building a company. Since apparently, like I just happened upon this. I just stumbled across this. This is the way. This This is all of it. (laughs) Exactly. No, I love that. And I, I love as well, the design of, even I feel like your social media, Mm-hmm feels like a safe space yeah. in some environments as well. I feel like 
you know, it's not like a calculated curation, Mm-mm. but it is very intentional. Mm-hmm. And the nuances of showing that not only am I creating safe spaces for myself, I'm going to be a safe space. I'm yes. going to preach about safe spaces and I'm going to live as though the world is providing me a safe space. Yeah, because if I don't act like it's there, y'all never going to give it to me. Mm. So I've got to operate as though it's already here. Right. The, you're, you know, you've heard the statement, your gift makes room for you. Mm-hmm. The world makes room for you. You just mm-hmm. got to show up and do it. And that means, you know, occasionally you get a few bumps and bruises. I get the occasional person that's like, oh, I don't know if I would have said that on social. Right. And that's OK. But I just feel like if I don't lean into it, I'm never going to get the opportunity to get it. And so, you know, I post my Megan Thee Stallion jams. I know I probably have an audience that's somewhere around 60 percent white, you know, probably 80 percent women. Lots of folks that may take that offensive, but then I will come behind it and say, hey, let me help you understand why. Right. Hearing this music, right. what what the, this is community language. Let me teach mm-hmm. you about what that means, right? There's a lesson in all of it. And so I try to be strategic and balance both being a teacher, but also being like, yeah, yeah. I, I enjoy Megan Thee Stallion and I'm gonna right. play that, right? So. Oh, we love Megan. Yeah, for sure. Yes. Right? But I, I mean, you know, somebody else might hear it and go, oh my gosh, is this appropriate for a DEI professional, yeah, you absolutely. know? And I'm like, yes. Take all this diversity. Take all this inclusion. And include me. And, and include me in <laughs> yes. the twerk track. I'm here for it. Exactly. Do you ever feel exhausted from having these conversations? Because, mm-hmm. you know, I feel like during the kind of the hype of the, yeah. let's just call it what it was. It was a lot of white guilt. Mm-hmm. I got so many folks I may have engaged with just a couple times who were like telling their white friends, follow Sherelle, follow such and such. And mm-hmm. it was just this whole like, yeah. name the first black person you can touch. Yes. And <laughs> like apologize to them or like just step into their world. Yeah. And it felt so overwhelming to help, to try and attempt to help other people process yeah. while you are walking through the trauma of an, of an experience that has fundamentally shaped so many aspects of your life, yeah. no matter how privileged you may have been or resources or education or or how you've kind of proven your, yeah. your sense of self into the world. And when I think about the work of diversity, equity, inclusion, and understanding that fundamentally we have to continue to push, you know, and 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 you know apply pressure in some instances. Mm-hmm. I can also imagine how frustrating mm-hmm. It can be mm-hmm. as well. And so even when I think of the safe space yeah. and the spa bath and the comfy sofa and the champagne, you know, after a long night, mm-hmm. that sense of restoration and recovery. Yeah. But I also don't want to make an assumption that it's because your everyday work gets to be so draining. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I. So it is it is exhausting. Mm-hmm. Um, it's definitely I mean, especially at the time you know, shortly after, you know, the point where we were brave enough to start having conversations and suddenly white folks were like, oh, whoa, wait, I need to listen and learn and all of that. Yeah, I had the same thing where suddenly people were following me like crazy because I had commented a thing or two. Right. Um, And that continues today because it's my job. Um, I do love it. I love that moment when someone gets it. And I'm also really, really good at managing, you know, kind of the the sea lioning where people mm. will kind of like snarkily try to push you into a bully conversation, but make it sound very elevated and intelligent. I'm really good at being able to kind of just skirt around that so that it doesn't right. disrupt me, but it is still exhausting work. Um, 
And so I have a technique. I mean, I wake up in the morning, mm. my first couple hours of my day, I don't talk to anybody. I do what I want. If that's coffee, if that's a bath, if that's sitting on my patio. I love that. Two hours. And if I have to get up early to get it, I will, because I know I need the energy for the day. And if I start my day slow, it's gonna mm -hmm. be a better day. I also purposely end my day well. So I'm deliberate about, do I wanna have mm. this glass of champagne? Do I feel like friends tonight? Am I, whatever. I'm yeah. deliberate about the start and the end of every single day. I will choose to not sleep so I get to do that. Because ultimately I'm gonna feel better if I get that extra little boost that says, right. ooh, this was what made the day good, right? Yeah. Um, versus if I go ahead and go to bed and wake up and do the next thing the next day. Because we, the rest isn't always enough. The sleeping isn't always enough. Right. I have to do something good for myself. And so that helps me a lot. Um, and I give that tip all the time in, when I'm teaching courses, yeah. yeah. Hey folks, my new podcast is not the only place to get tips and gems and updates from me. You can also go to my website at ShereldDorsey.com and sign up for my monthly newsletter, where I share thoughtful essays on productivity, innovation, business, as well as new projects I'm working on. I'd love to have you share this podcast and give me a shout on Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, or wherever you're being social these days. And if you're enjoying the content thus far, don't forget to leave your girl a review. Okay, now back to the show. I love that in the, ending the day well, mm -hmm. like no matter what starting happens, and ending the right, day well. like no matter what happens that yeah. day, you start well, you end well every time. And I love this mantra. You posted this to your social media one day, and I continue to hold on to it. And it says, "Treat you good, treat you good." And I love that, especially as we kind of circle back to this idea of safe space making, yes, and treating ourselves well through our environment. Mm -hmm. And I think that it serves as this interesting metaphor in terms of the environments we shape for ourselves in business, mm -hmm. in community, mm -hmm. all of these things that we need to be nurtured through this process of building something great, of getting over these potential hurdles, yes. of the rejections, of the failures, of hitting our heads against the walls, not knowing all the time mm -hmm. what the next thing is going to be, that, that feeling of uncertainty and discomfort, to still find comfort, comfort in the spaces that you're inhabiting for the yeah. most part. Yeah, absolutely. I, I prioritize being good to myself. Mm -hmm. um, I have a really good friend who every time he gets off the phone with me, he says, be good to yourself. Mm -hmm. And like, there's, you know, there's so many little gems in just passing. I also always post, you can have whatever you want. That came from my goddad reminding me yeah. while I was sleeping on his floor, trying to figure out between Walmart and whatever was gonna come next, which was this company, but I had yeah. no idea at the time. I'm interviewing, I'm trying to figure out what I wanna do. And every time I would run downstairs and say, oh my gosh, I have an interview with, insert company here, you know, he'd listen and then he'd go, but what do you want? Right. And so like, I had to start telling myself like, well, okay, you can have whatever you want. What is that? What is, what is that? the want? What does it look like? And so like, we talk a lot about safety and safe spaces and feeling good and all of those things, but like how often do you take a moment and actually ask yourself like, what does that require? Mm -hmm. Is it a sunset every evening? That's, you know, my jam, you know, I'm right. here for that. Is it a glass of champagne? Is it, you know, good conversation with a friend? Mm -hmm. Is it, you know, taking a walk in a park? Is it, mm -hmm. you know, what is it? Like, we don't do a good job of that, but we're really good at saying like, you know, luxury or, you know, and so we can get caught up in doing things that really aren't even fueling us. That are mostly external. Yeah. Because exactly. sometimes it isn't just about like what you're able to buy. Sometimes right. it's the city that you live in. Exactly. And I have definitely 
bought and sold all the things on Craigslist and Facebook Marketplace, like <laughs> yes. it's time for me to go. Yes. Like this environment is no longer either the safe space right. or the experience that I want to wake up to every single day yes. as well. Yes. And I know you also decided to make a move as I did. well. I did. And, and be in the environment that you felt like this is for me yep. for now. Yep. And I am going to have whatever I want. Exactly. And that includes the city that I live exactly. in. Exactly. It's it's being brave enough to ask the question. Yeah. Like, what do I want? And then you can say, okay, this feels safe. This feels good. Let me figure out how to create it. Let me get support. Yeah. You know, yeah. let me figure out where to lean in. Um, and I don't know that those are things that we always consider. You know, I definitely didn't in building many other spaces I've existed in before this, in creating space that was safe for others. Right. I didn't always do a good job creating space that was safe for me. And so I, I think there's value in like taking the passing comments, mm -hmm. you know, and like actually thinking about them like, okay, where do I wanna work? You know, what do I want? Or, yeah. you know, be good to yourself. Wait a minute, am I good to myself? Am I good to myself? What does that mean? Yeah. Have I actually actioned on being good to right. myself? It requires a different level of consciousness. Yes. That does not follow specific formula. And I feel like once you start to break away from the formula mm -hmm. and ask those kinds of questions, mm -hmm. then you kind of realize that everything else is a construct around you. Absolutely. Someone far, far long ago yes. made that decision yes. to say that these are the rules mm -hmm. and we all kind of just like blindly follow them. That's it. And it's not that those rules don't necessarily work. Correct. It's just we've never questioned do they work for us Correct. Correct. It's a, it's the take the step and the, the, the space will appear. Right. Right. We we take the steps that we've seen others taking. Right. right. Which is why. Those roles are very well defined. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Right. And, 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 and we still need that. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, we talk about representation all the time. Like, I need to see black women leaders in business. Mm -hmm. I need to see examples of this path but like I also need to take a few steps that are like no my step is that way right I don't know what that looks like exactly but this is a bit more right for me and it feels good yes it yeah. feels good and so I I do think it's exactly what you said it's it's letting go of the idea that we have to be wrapped in whatever you do not have to live the life you've been told to mm. You can live the life that you want to. And that's what I do. Like I, I deliberately ask myself regularly, how do you want your life to feel? Yeah. And when it doesn't feel good, I say, okay, well, what went wrong with how your life felt today? How can we change that? Right. And I think that that's a very different, that's a very different approach to creating equitable, safe space right. than just actually saying, okay, I'm going to be nice to everybody, you know, or. I love what you, how you're saying this because it is checking in with the the feel of something yes versus exactly. the self doubt right. of I'm not necessarily doing this right because yeah. there was a pre programmed situation that mm -hmm. was going on versus no like this just did not feel right for me mm -hmm. and I had to go figure out what to feel right yeah. about I mean it's how I chose to not go back to a job mm. I kept having interviews and then I go talk to my goddad and he'd go well, what do you want? And I would say, well, it didn't quite feel right about this. And I didn't, and he's like, doesn't sound like it's what you want, right? So, and so check like, it off the list, right? Move on, there will be other options. And so like, I got to the point where I was very comfortable making the decision that felt right for me. How often in life do we do that? How much better my life is because I do it? I can't even articulate. Mm -hmm. And so I, I do try to pass a bit of that along and embed it into the way that I teach, you right. know, diversity, equity, inclusion. Yes, there are very technical, measurable markers 
thankfully your company gives us a lot of data right. around that. Like, <laughs> and we use that stuff for sure, but we are also really deliberate um, in my organization about like literally bringing people back to like, right, but if it doesn't feel right, like let's figure out what does feel, what right, does feel right, right? Let's, we yeah. can't just go off, you know, announcing, hey, this is a safe space. Is it? Like, what does that mean? You know, have we checked in with the folks that are using the space, this person who the space belongs to? Mm -hmm. And so I, I am really deliberate about that, you know, that measurement that is, you know, kind of intangible. Right. Um, as it relates to curating how my home feels, how my relationships with others feel, how I determine who's for me and who's not, you know, all of that is, hey, how do I want my life to feel? Right, right. Every single time. How I want my life to feel. Yeah. Um, I love the embodiment of that. I love that this is probably one of the first conversations that I've had with the founder specific to not just, just solely hyper-focused on the business, mm -hmm. but generally how my life, how my business fits around my life mm -hmm. and then how my business embodies the lifestyle yeah. that I am trying to have. Yeah. So I love that. It has to be cohesive. You get to have it cohesive. Yeah. You know, we get to design it. And so if given the power and the opportunity, like, why not? I mean, why the worst not? that can happen is you stumble and get a little bruise and figure out another way, you know? Absolutely. So, Absolutely. And I said this in another podcast episode, but Tim Ferriss in his four hour work week book that I read like long, long, long ago. Yeah. He always said like the worst thing that can happen is you die. And it's like, you know what? You either die or you just get up and you make a different decision. And you keep going, right? right. Like and it, you just keep exactly, going. Exactly. Exactly. Uh -huh. It's it's I think there's some value in removing the fear around whatever decision making you're you're engaging in. You know, removing the idea that it has to be a frightening thing. Mm. It could be a new thing. It yeah. could be an, you know, unfamiliar thing. It doesn't have to be a fearful thing. And so, you know, I take a lot of risks. I mean, I mean, you do too, right? Like it's just part of business. Mm -hmm. But like I I am also very deliberate. And it's a lot easier to be deliberate about this when I'm purposefully checking in to say, like, but am I okay? Do I feel okay? Do I have what I need? Do I like how my life feels? You know, and, and again, reminding myself when I notice that my world doesn't look like, you know, some of my friends, reminding myself, like, yeah, I mean, you don't have to live a life you've been told to. I don't, yeah. I don't have to follow that path. I can do the thing that is completely different that no one's seen before. Right, right. And I will be the person that others will choose to mm -hmm. follow behind, right? And so, you know, I think that that has to be a part of the labor we do around thinking about business and building business. And especially when you are figuring it out and you're like, I think I'm doing this right, you know? Right. I think that having the energy of pushing aside the fear yeah. and deliberately saying, but does this feel right, helps a lot. Yeah. And I don't think we talk enough about that, but if you, I mean, Tim Ferriss's book and many others, they do talk about that. Right. They do talk about like, just kind of like stepping out there like, hey, here we are, you Absolutely. Know? And sometimes it's embarrassing and you stumble and then other times, you know, the embarrassment was all in your brain. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Amber, thank you. Yeah. Thank you um, for, number one, this conversation. Of course. But more important for the opportunity to even be welcomed in your home, to have that sense of feeling of being in a safe space. Yeah. In the safe space, you give people every day on social media. So I want to make sure that everyone knows where they can start following Amber because she will literally lighten up your life. So Amber, <laughs> where can people find you? So if you are interested in the whole me, as much of it as I share <laughs> online, um, Instagram is probably the best place for that. Um, professional me is on LinkedIn. I am starting to tweet a little more. So if you only want to hear a little bit, um, yes. you can probably find me out 
on Twitter. My company's called Cabralco, so you can also go and check out our website. And so that's uh, cabralco.com. And we can't forget that you are coming out with your second book. I am. And so I am. I Thank want you for that. To, Thank you. I want people to get the pre-order or to go ahead and order it. Yes, please. And so please let us know, again, the name of the book yes. and where we can start to pre-order. Absolutely. So the name of the book is Say More About That and Other Ways to Push Back, Speak Up, and Advocate for Yourself and Others. Um, I want people to do more saying more about that. So you can just search, say more about that. You can find it on Amazon. You can find it on Barnes and Noble. Um, if you have a favorite black bookseller that you'd like to buy from, you can also order it through them. Um, and it actually releases July 27th. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you again for listening in, for tuning in here. Mm -hmm. And that's it for this episode. I can't wait to catch you in the next one. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of I Think I'm Doing This Right. I hope this was your one hour to breathe, connect, relate, and realize you are not alone on one of the greatest self-development journeys there is to embark on, entrepreneurship. Make sure to share this with your other friends who are just trying to figure it out so more of us can have a safe space to learn as we grow. Until next week, remember, this journey is all about grit, grace, and gratitude. <laughs>